Welcome to the FishCast. This week on the FishCast, we discuss the battle in the swamp between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Florida Gators. While the Gators are still riding high from their almost upset win over Alabama, FSU and Miami licked their wounds from losses to both Wake Forest and Michigan State. The fish cast gets a little heated as Demo and Fish discuss the possibility of Deion Sanders being the next head coach for the Seminole. Good evening. Welcome to this week's edition of the Fish Cast. Uh, my name is Corey Long. Joined as always by the the steward of this uh, occasionally rudderless ship, Charles Fish Bine. How you doing, Fish? Yeah, I have a new title. I'm the pitching coach of my son's baseball coach. team. I, I'm Leo Mazzoni, man. I, I, yeah. I got all five of my guys ready to go on Thursday oh, night. Oh, man. Yeah, I got a full rotation. That's oh, yeah. Good oh, yeah. Under 13 to have a <laughs> go five deep and under 13. Oh, Make sure man. you take care of that pitch count. Don't Trust me, I have a guy with a number counter right next to me. I'm like, hey, what's the number, man? What's the number? <laughs> I had one kid after two innings, he came back sweating. It was a head coach's kid, man. I'm like, I think we need to take him out. He's like, no. Nah. He was worried that nobody else could pitch other than his son. And the kid came off the field sweating. And he went out that third inning. I don't, I don't need to tell you what happened. He should have just <laughs> taken my advice. Of course, and joining uh joining us joining me and mel stottlemeyer here would be uh, <laughs> chris Demarest, coach demo how you doing coach demo Corey, you doing good how are you i'm doing fine doing fine it's a wonderfully rainy night here in st petersburg florida um you know this week i decided we've been we've been <laughs> off so negative recently this week i decided let's start off a little bit more positive with our wrap-up um Florida. Florida plays Alabama. They're down 18 early. They were forced to go with Emory Jones all game as Anthony Richardson was uh, only going to be used in an emergency situation if Jones got seriously injured. But, you know, they, they bounced back, uh, outscored Bama 26 to 10 for the remainder of the game, got in a situation where they needed a two-point conversion to tie. Had they tied, I thought they would have won. The momentum was clearly on their side was not a really good two-point conversion play. And we can get into that. And, Coach, I want you to get into that a little bit and tell me what they did right, which wouldn't be a lot, and what they did wrong, which would be a ton. But other than that, I thought it was a great effort. Um, I thought their deep, once, once they got past the early run, some nerves and Bama doing Bama stuff, I thought the defensive line had a very good game. I thought they were running – I think they ran for – well over 200 yards. Uh, Emory Jones looked, you know, I think he, he gained confidence as the game went on. Uh, everything they seemed to be doing, you know, when you got to about the, the second half, they just seemed to be able to move the ball on offense. They were getting third longs, getting getting fourth downs. And, um, you know, they, they almost pulled off the upset. Um, so a couple of things. One, what do you think of the Gators' performance? And two, how do they avoid – I mean, I think they should have a better chance of, of keeping this from being a moral victory situation. But, you know, how do you avoid patting yourself on the back too much in a game that very, very – they very easily could have won? Well, let me go, Fish. Um, I, I like Florida. 
I said it earlier in the last podcast, and I said they would probably win the game, which they almost did. Um, I, I said they were quietly putting something special down there in Gainesville. And I, I, I like you, thought they should have won the game. There was a little problem with the two-point conversion. I, I see Mullins get a little upset with the quarterback. There was something to do with the mesh point. You know, regardless of what play they called, that particular play, whether it was whether it was zone read or whatever it was, there was something wrong with the mesh point that got Mullins really upset. Uh, but I thought they played extremely well, and they came back. I, I thought maybe they would go to the other guy, but they didn't, and Jones did what he was supposed to do. I was a little concerned with Florida's defense holding up against Alabama, but when they had to make the plays to bring it to where it was, they did. I, I still think Florida is going to win a lot of ball games this year. And, you know, I, I, I think Mullins is a good coach still. And I really believe they gave Alabama everything they had, you know, and I tell you what, they came up short, but Corey, you're right. If they got that two point play, I thought it was good. I thought they were going to win. They had a momentum. Yeah, you know, I'm going to jump in real quick and, you know, We've talked about it. Mullen is a phenomenal coach. I think he's a top 10 coach in college football. I think he's proven it already. Um, he stabilized the Florida Gator program to where they're now uh, compete, not only competing with Alabama, but having the ability to beat them. And it wouldn't be shocking if they played again in the SEC championship. This may not be the first time they may get another shot at them later in the year. Uh, even though the SEC has a few other teams that are really good, but you know, Florida knows how to play with Georgia. And that's what it's going to come down to the Georgia, Florida battle at the, uh, the cocktail party in Jacksonville to see who plays probably Alabama or maybe even a Texas A&M, but Florida has a great football team. Potentially. We've talked about this. They have a lot of talent. Uh, maybe they're not as deep at certain positions, but Mullen, one thing you could count on with him as a coach is that he's always going to have those quarterbacks prepared. I don't know why anybody would ever doubt that he would not only find quarterbacks, but develop them. He's done a great job at every stop he's gone. I think this team is only going to get better as the year goes on. You look at their schedule, uh, it sets up pretty nicely. They have Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt uh, at LSU. Uh, they play Georgia, South Carolina, Sanford, Missouri, and, and Florida State. Pretty much every one of those games are probably going to be favored in outside of the Georgia game. So they're going to have a shot to get back there, uh, to put themselves in a position to not only play uh, for the playoff, you know, the um, SEC championship, but have a shot at making the playoffs later this year. They're one of those teams I think is going to get better as the year goes on. What you saw now and what you're going to see in week 11 or 12, I think they're going to be a totally different football team. And Gator fans have a lot to look forward to uh, compared to some of their other uh, <laughs> state schools. So we'll get into that. But Gator fans have to can hang their heads high. They got a good football team. And I, like I said, I only think they're going to get better as the year goes on. Yeah, okay. And, uh, I mean, you mentioned their schedule. I don't know how nice it sets up because it is good. I mean, they're all winnable games, obviously. But they're also all games where you can't, you can't come in half-assing it against most of the teams on their schedule because you'll because the teams that they play are talented enough to beat them. I mean, that's just the way it is in that particular conference. And that's why I, that was the other part of how how do they avoid getting caught up in the moral victory issue? I mean, this week, Tennessee, easily, again, team they should beat. They're better than Tennessee. Tennessee's got, you know, they've got enough athletes to make any game interesting. 
they shouldn't beat them. But again, the uh, you know you you can see the slow start coming a mile away because it's not Alabama. It's not you know I mean they you basically had an entire off season and two two cupcakes to prepare for Alabama. Now you go in from week to week preparation. Now you go into your basic four day prep for your next game. Then after that, you have at Kentucky. At Kentucky's giving them hell since yeah. Mark Stoops has been there. I so, think that will be a harder of the two games. Like, I think yeah. Tennessee, they'll bounce back. It's at home. Like I said, this team still has a lot to play for. And Mullins, a, a good, good coaches find a way to get their teams to bounce back from bad law, you know, like a loss like this. I don't think there's a hangover. I think the total opposite. I think this Gator team found out, you know what? We could play with anybody in the country. And if a b- bouncer here goes here or there our way, we're undefeated right now in a top five program. So I don't really think they uh, – this isn't a fragile program, and it starts yeah. at the top. I wouldn't he, say that either. I, I think Mullen will make sure that this team uh, goes into the Tennessee game very focused. I'll, I, I'd be shocked. They may – like you said, they may come out a little slow, but eventually they're going to pull away in the second half and win pretty easily. Yeah, I, I don't think Florida's in position – to worry about moral victories. I think they actually thought they should have won a game, but didn't yeah. win next game. You know, yeah. they're not they're not in look like some of these other places. Oh, we should have done this. We could have done that. Oh, my gosh. Florida's like, listen, we lost the game. We should have won it. Next game, we're going to win. So they got that, <coughs> excuse me, they got that mentality already. They got their culture built around Mullins and what he wants there already. And through recruiting and continuing to play well, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I guess my, you know, my concern is like, I mean, yeah, they're a good team. Like, we all saw the LSU game last year, which in essence was the game that pretty much, you know, it, it's, it's a week before they played the SEC championship. And it kind of, I mean, it didn't eliminate them from the playoffs, but it was the worst possible thing that could have happened for them at the time. So, I mean, the point, I mean, I think in some ways being in the conference that they're in, you do realize that you're always one bad game away from a loss. There's not too many times where you could bring your C-plus game and escape with the victory, whether you're playing – especially, you know, whether you're playing Tennessee or Kentucky or Missouri or any of those teams that I would say are like the second-tier SEC teams but still have between coaching and players can still surprise you from week to week. Um, I get – you know, the quarterback situation, what did y'all think of Emory Jones? Uh, Again, he had the whole game. It was going to be on his shoulders one way or the other. He had bad mistake in the first um, quarter, an interception that, you know, cost him, it cost him some points. But it seemed like Mullen and him got into a rhythm with the play call. And they found out, he found some things that he was able to do well in the passing game. And he was able to hit them over and over again. Corey, was that LSU game last year, unfortunately, that shoe thrown incident? That was the shoe incident. Yeah. They beat him, my opinion. Florida beat him. It didn't work out oh, that the way. Scoreboard the scoreboard disagrees with you. The scoreboard I think Florida totally wins. disagrees with you on that. And LSU, you know, LSU, it wasn't like LSU rallied from 20 down in the fourth. I mean, the game was they were they were they were ahead or tied most of the game. It wasn't it wasn't it just wasn't a good Florida performance in general. Like they no, but they could have won. I mean, they could have won the game. Yeah, well, absolutely. But the other, the other thing is, yeah. The yeah. other thing you said too is like you can't take a week off of the SEC, man. Yeah. You, you don't care who you're playing. There's enough good players in that league at different teams that if you take a week off and you think you're going to walk in with your C game, like you said, you're going to get beat. So they have to play their A games each week. All those, all those games, Alabama could have got beat by Florida. So yeah. all those teams have to play their A game. You're right, Corey. And the thing I'll say about the quarterback, I mean, I think he grew up in this game. 
I think he realized, like Fish said, as, long with the, well, as well as the other players of Florida, we can play with anybody in the country. We got to get better. We got to win these games. We can't just go lose by two. We got to win these games. And I think if they realize that, they go out and do it, that momentum will build. And they'll be a force to be reckoned with, like I said. You know, I mean, we talked about this, and Corey could jump in on this. You know, they have competition at that quarterback spot. Emory Jones knows that he has to play well or the guy behind him is going to steal his job. And that's how you make teams better, especially great teams. How they become very good is that the backups that are just as good as the starters push those guys. And I think that that Emory Jones realized, man, I got to play better than I did the first two games, not only to have a shot to beat Alabama, but to keep my job. And it's, it looks like it's proven true right now because Anthony Richardson's he's chomping at the bit to take that job from him. And Emory played his best game probably as a Florida Gator. Agreed. Did it help that uh, he didn't have the pressure of Johnson, of Richardson looking over his shoulder? He knew that he wasn't going to get in the game. He knew that was his game. He still had the pressure of him behind him. Trust me. He knows that he's there. Even if he's injured, all it took was one bad performance. And then Mullen goes, you know what? This week we, we're opening up the quarterback competition. If they had gotten blown out, Emory Jones wouldn't be this guaranteed starter on Monday. Yeah. I think Mullins, I think Mullins, not to interrupt, but I think Mullins believes in Jones. I really, whether he's, is it a ploy? Is it, is it real? Is it not real? I think he believes in this kid and this kid's going to outperform and do well. And, you know, like you said, he feels the pressure of the other guy behind him. But I think the Jones kid, he, if you look at his face, he has a, a array of confidence on his face. He doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. He kind of stays right medium. And that's kind of what he needs a quarterback. Yeah, I definitely believe that Mullen believes in him, and he's been a staunch defender of him early in the season when, you know, the fans have been a little impatient. Um, so, overall, I you know, I think outside of not winning, the week couldn't have, you know, that whole, whole situation couldn't have been better for Florida in terms of what they had. Um, Alabama, on the other hand, Run defense, a little little shaky. Um, really couldn't get much going off. I mean, did what they had to do offensively, I suppose. But after the first quarter, you're thinking these guys can do whatever they want. And that got taken away from them. Um, is, is, are we in a situation where does Alabama look more beatable to you now where you can see maybe Florida in a second time, maybe Georgia – um, Texas a and going to have that backup quarterback. I'm not real crazy about their chances. But, you know, maybe even an out-of-nowhere team, if Arkansas stays healthy, the way that they're physical and can run the ball, can they pull a shocker? Like, is, are we looking at more of an interesting season for Alabama? Yeah, I think Ole Miss is going to be very difficult. I, yeah. I just – I told you before, everybody wants to sit there and say this Alabama team's on beat. It's enough – listen, they're a good team but they're not even close to what they were last year. All right. And I think that the sec, the teams, if Alabama goes on the road this year, it's, you know, they go to an Arkansas and old miss one of these games, they could lose if they don't play their a game. They're not good enough this year with the team that they have to just show up and, and just show up and they they could have their B game and still be teams by double digits. Are they a good team? Sure. Are they unbeatable? No. I think some of these other teams in the SEC, when Alabama comes in, they're like, oh, boy, here comes Alabama. I don't think Florida feels like that. I don't think no. they feel intimidated. I don't I think they're ready to play Alabama, uh, Alabama week in and week out. 
The thing about Alabama is I think Saban even had a look on his face like, thank God we get out of here with a win. But I really don't see anybody else challenging them the rest of the year. I could be wrong, but I don't see anybody else doing, trying to do what Florida did to them. Even if they play Georgia, I don't, I don't think even – I think he can defend the rest of these teams. But Mullins is very unique, and the kids believe in his system. And he believes he's going to keep chipping away. He's a little lot like Jimbo Fisher. You know, and I think they're going to believe in the coach. And when they do, they got a chance to win. All righty. Well, I, you want to, I, you know what? Let's get into What do you want to do? Y'all want to go Miami or Florida? So I'll let you know which, 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 which rocket do you want to detonate first? Well, you see my, uh, my uh, picture of what uh, you see on the screen there. The audience can't see it. The Hindenburg crashing and burning. Hey, do you so. know where that crashed, by the way, in New Jersey? Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, Chris, New Jersey. It crashed in Florida. It crashed in Florida twice last week. Something else in New Jersey to, something else in New Jersey to brag about, huh? You got that right. Oh, man. Uh, oh. All right. Which one do y'all want to start with? You, you, you pick and choose, you. man. Let's go. Go uh, after this year. Oh, jeez. I'll start with Miami. All right. That, that, that to me is a more interesting situation because as when we get into FSU, we're going to be talking about rebuilds and it's this and how hard it is. Well, here's what I'm going to say about Michigan State. They had two guys that they aimed, that, that, that they kind of looked at with this job when Mark D'Antonio left. They looked at Luke Fickle and Matt, and, and Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Both coaches, for Matt Campbell, that's his dream job. Matt, Matt, Michigan State was his dream job. And for Fickle, you know, he knew it was a big chance for him to get back into the Big Ten. Both, both coaches thought the environment at Michigan State with the Larry Nassar stuff, with everything going on in athletic departments, all, it was just too rotten for them to take the job. It was just a bad job for them to take. So, you know, they go out and get their uh, current head coach. And, you know, all of a sudden – it, you know the situation. They're they're three and zero. Their first road, their first big road game. They go out there and crush Miami. Or Mel Tucker, excuse me. They're, they're, you know three and zero. They go out there and crush Miami, and it makes me think that maybe a lot of these rebuilds that are supposed to be so hard, people are making them a lot harder than they need to be. Well, you know, Mel Tucker said something interesting at the end of the game when they interviewed him. You know, he said they wanted to bring Miami into the lion's den, I mean, into all the work that Michigan State put in, all the discipline, all the detail. They wanted to bring them into that arena where Michigan State felt that they could beat them. And they did. They did exactly what he said. And I think there's a couple different players on Michigan State that didn't have last year that have raised their level of play. That, that running back, I thought, did a very nice job. But, you know, back to Miami, I mean, it, 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 it's tough. I mean, but are they running? How good is Miami's running backs? That's what I really want to know. Are they really good or they just got the well, names or something? Well, well, we well the young, I mean, they did lose the one kid for, for out for the year, the running back that they got from Baylin, and, and I thought he was going to be really good. Uh, their other running back, Jalen Knighton, who uh, was a big-time recruit, had is four-game suspension. He's not coming back till after this game. He, gotcha. He's been suspended. And they have two very talented freshmen. One guy that came from Tennessee's class, and they also have this kid from Chaminade. Both of those guys, which makes no sense. They're running back. They're starting running back. Cam Harris has not played well the first two games. You no. would have thought at some point, let's try one of these other guys. What happened if the guy, one of these other guys comes in and their first carry is just a 50-yard touchdown? It happens all the time. 
it just seems that's the one thing that I think Miami is making a mistake. And I think Manny came out this week and said it's going to change. They have these talented kids. They can't stop the run. Where's Leonard Taylor? Leonard Taylor was the number one D tackle in the country last year. I saw the kid dominate at the high school level. He's six, four, six, five, three thirty, And he's behind a two-star D tackle that they've been so-called developing for four years that can't play. James Williams is supposed to get the starting job this week. He's a six, four, six, five safety that could run like a deer. You recruited these kids to come in and take guys jobs and they're not playing. And I think that's a bigger problem is I think that you saw it with Romello Brinson, he came into the game last week and he first catch. You're like, who's this number zero guy. He's the best receiver on the team. Well, he's a freshman. You know, sometimes you got to take a chance on some of these other guys. You recruited them, bringing them in. You spent all this time recruiting them. Why sit there and let them sit on the bench? You're going to end up losing your freaking job if you don't play these guys. I'll go back to what I said. Uh, I would say during the Alabama game, something's wrong with King. Whether he re-injured in the Alabama game, his past injury, or he's got a new injury. But something's wrong with him. He is not playing like the kid he played last year. Now, you can blame it on the old line. You can blame it on they don't have stable running backs. But the receivers are stepping up. But something's wrong with him. He's just he, – the ludus of confidence that he had, he doesn't have it anymore. And I think something's wrong with him that they're not saying. I think he's got another injury somewhere. All right. And, and yeah, that certainly can that, – that can, those can answer some questions for their offense. Their defense, though, they can't huh. the passer, can't stop the run. You know, it just – it seemed like that whole game, even when it was 10-7 Michigan State well, – you felt like that this dam is going to break sooner or later. Michigan State was getting so much in the running game that eventually these the runs that were popping for eight and nine yards were going to start popping for 30 yards, and they did. But I, Michigan, Michigan State didn't do anything fancy in the game. They just said, you know what? That's how you win. Yeah, we're going to line up, punch you in the mouth, yeah. all right? And if we don't get, you know, first down, second down, third, we have to punt. We'll punt. We'll play field position. I mean, I think one of Miami's first drives, they started inside the five. They made Miami have to grind to score. And it just, they, they outcoached them in every aspect. I mean, Mel Tucker and his staff outcoached Miami and their staff in every aspect of that game. From offense, defense, to special teams dominated the game. And even when Miami, like you said, Corey, seemed like they were in the game, they really never were. They were out of it from the moment the game started. No, what I was going to say was look at the week before what uh, Frank Potts, the offensive coordinator at App State, who's been on our show, who's a friend of ours. Look what his offense did to Miami's defense. They almost beat him. So you're right. There's something to be said about their defense, and they're not playing at the potential they should be. Manny's made so many changes, change coordinators, change coaches. He's not afraid of definitely making changes on the coach. No, he's not. Um, you, we know we talk about him giving some young guys the opportunity here, but this is a, you know, this is a, this, this could be a potentially tough situation down the road. I don't not, I don't think that they expected to be one and two going into their fourth game, even though they haven't played any conference games yet. So. You know, there's many things ahead of them. They're, you know, from a mental standpoint, this team looks very worn down. Like, they looked worn down last week. Like, you know, it, they were playing like a team that had been through 
rather than it being week three, that they had been through a grueling stretch of eight or nine weeks. They looked slow. They looked uninterested. They looked tired. They lacked any sort of energy in the game. Um, they looked like they were, you know, they just, they just did not look like they wanted to be there. Listen, yeah, you know, you made a good point, Corey, because when you, there's a mental and a physical side to this game, both mentally and physically, they didn't look there. You're absolutely right. But you look at their schedule, Virginia, you know, Virginia comes into town after Central Connecticut State, and they go to North Carolina. I think if this team's two and four, there's major problem. I, I, I don't know if, if he, he overcomes that. He may not make it to their bye week. I mean, well, honestly. Have, when you hype a team up to be the best team you had, quarterbacks, you hype yeah. somebody up, yeah. and they have a downfall, it's tough to recover. I mean, they, right. play, they play Virginia, North Carolina, then they play NC State and Pitt, at Pitt. Those four yeah. games, he has to go four and zero oh or three and one, or I, th- I just I think the the heat is oh. going to get on him. I think the heat's on him now. I don't think he's going to get fired before the end of the year. I mean, I mean, and I don't I don't even know if he gets fired at all because where are you going to go? I mean, I know I know Miami fans want Mario Cristobal. What's he going to do? Take a job with twice the expectations of half the paycheck? Yeah, they ain't paying him. They ain't paying him enough to go back. To yeah, Miami. Yeah. From Miami, at at some point, him. at some point, that money thing needs to be. It, it needs to stop. All right. This was a university that Donna Shalala went out and got over a billion dollars in research money. It, it's like the you school's got, got money. They They've got just money. they've been cheap. They've always yeah. been cheap. And you know what? They need to start spending the money and stop making excuses. Period. Yep. I'm tired yep. of hearing it. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, I understand that being tired of hearing it, but it exists because they're not going to pay it. You know, well, it's like, I mean, like you said, I mean, you, you would think, oh, Mario Cristobal would be perfect former player. He ain't coming. They, not, they have Carol Sofer's name on the building at the indoor. He's one of the wealthiest people in all of Miami. They got money. This this idea that this university, the problem is they they have always, I, I truly believe though while it was a great thing for Miami to win five national championships with four coaches, the people that run that school think that anybody could put that U on their shirt and they can win national championships with any coach. That is a mistake. The guys that have won were great coaches. They came in as great coaches and they took Miami to another level because they were great coaches at Miami. The excuses need to stop period. End of story. They do. They do. And the only thing I'll say is when they knocked down that old orange bowl, which was a magical place, it took a lot of the steam. That had a long time ago already, though, man. I know. What I'm saying is that nobody's traveled to Joe Robbie Stadium. Uh, I need a stadium on campus and then it killed them. When they didn't have the vision to do that, it killed them. We've talked about that. It's 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 not just the head coaches they brought in. They haven't supported those guys. They haven't. Yeah, um, they, they have not supported those guys at all. And that's, and that, but that's, that's what puts you in this bad spot. That's why you make kind of uninspired hires because the person who goes in there knows he's not going to get the support. And here's the thing. Say you had the money. Say you had the money to pay a, you know, a coach like Cristobal. That, you know, now you're giving them all the money. Now you're expecting, you know, you're already expecting championships out of them every year. Now you're expecting even more because like, hey, we're giving you money we wouldn't give anybody else. You know, yeah. it's just a, we're, not, we're probably it, it, that money that you pay them. They're gonna cut. They're gonna take it away from something else that he might need. You know? All right. Well, you know what? If he wins and he wins a national championship, that's money well spent. Like they'll get it back tenfold. You know, the, yeah. they, they got to come into the twenty first century. 
as a program and understand, listen, if you want to play big boy football, you want to win big boy football, you got to spend money. The teams in the SEC decided to do it. Hey, USC is a private school. Miami just wants to go to the cheap route all the time and think, oh, we're going to, we'll win national championships because of all the talent that's in South Florida. It doesn't work that way. These other schools want to win more than they do. That's just a reality. That's right. Oh, and by, and you know, and we'll close out this, uh, we'll close out this rather, rather this, this segment that has turned depressing with the most depressing of them all. Florida State drops to 0-3, the only people, the only power five school in the nation that is winless. Actually, excuse me, Arizona is also winless. So one of two power five schools in the nation that are winless um, after a uh, 35 to 14 loss to Wake Forest. Um, gave up 484 yards of offense. Um, they, they, they just, they, they didn't look like they want another team. Just, they lacked energy. They like they want to be there. They're banged up. Their offensive line might be down. I don't even know if they have five capable players on their offensive line anymore. Um, the defense or secondary is getting torched. There are issues at linebacker. There's issues at wide receiver. There's issues at quarterback. There's issues within the coaching staff. It's a, it's a, it's an, un, it's an unmitigated, it's a disaster. Um, they have Louisville this week. Uh, I don't know if you saw the game. I just saw the game on the condensed version. And I don't even know if it's worth talking about. Um, but I know they have Louisville this week. They have Syracuse after that, North Carolina before. I think they get a little break. Um, I, what is, is, do you think this week was kind of rock bottom for this team? Is, is there, are there worse days ahead of them? Well, well I don't let's know. talk about a couple of things. The first one is they went back to the two quarterback system. Like I said, they should, but they did it a week too late. They should have did it against this Jacksonville state team. The other thing I said, they don't have a chance in heck of beating Dave Clawson. And they don't, now let's give credit to Dave Clawson. Let's now let, you know, because what he did, he was a guest on our show. What he did is he beat Florida State. He'd been dying to beat Clemson and Florida State. He got it. And this year was the year. They didn't have a chance in heck of beating him. He prepared his team. He recruited well. They were ready to win, and they won. When I watched that game, I just said, I went back to what I was saying to myself when I watched them practice a couple weeks back or three weeks back, whatever it was, a month ago. Where are the dudes? Like, who are their guys? Like, who are the guys that are going to make a difference when a play needs to be made? Who's the guy that's going to do it? And I just didn't see it. I seen guys on Wake Forest being able to do it, but I didn't see the guys at Florida State being able to do it. And it's it's sad because I really like that place. It's very magical. But I think a lot of the magic has been brought out of that place. So like you said, Corey, I think there's some there's some deep doo-doo right now. Yeah, the, the new word is, they're, oh, they're mentally weak, this team. Listen. Forget it. They're not good. It has nothing no. to do with being mentally weak. We talked about this. One, this is probably one of the smallest Florida State teams that I've seen in 30 years. I don't I, – I, listen, Odell was a monster at 250, 260, 270, whatever he played at, at Florida State way back when. This team's small, and they're, phys, they're getting physically beat by other teams. Wake Forest lined up and punched them in the mouth and took their manhood because they're a better football team. We said before the season started this was a game that was going to tell us everything we needed to know because – Dave Clawson, you know, he has his best football team he's had since he's been at Wake Forest. 
he's built a very good football team. And yeah, you hear the words culture. Listen, they got good football players there. It's not just culture. He's recruited well. And Florida State's not a good football team. We've talked about this over and over. You said, dudes, you know what? When Travis Hunter gets there next year, and I believe the kid's going to still go there no matter what the record, the first day that he's on that practice field, he's going to make a play that nobody else has seen in five or six years. Why? Because he's better than everybody that's on the darn team already. Get that's the guy you're going to be able to watch at practice. Ex- ex- there he is. There's the, the dude. Guy. You yep. know, Sam McCall's the dude. They yep. don't have those kids right now. No. You know, no. people think you put that Florida State helmet on and some magical magic dust. It is, it, 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 it's going to make that team good. It doesn't matter. This team, if you go look, all right, and I broke it down before the season, their wide receiver group is in the bottom third of the ACC. That's unheard of. But outside of maybe Duke and maybe one or two other schools, maybe Louisville, Florida State has one of the worst set of receivers in the ACC, it's I'm not blaming Mike. I think it's beyond the worst. Yeah, I think, I'm not blaming Mike Louisville Norvell for that. Player. What? I think Duke and Louisville have at least one guy. To yeah, look at. I mean they don't have anybody that they, they that they could throw. We talked about it before the season. They have the best set of third, third, you know, third guys in the in the ACC. They don't have a number one or two though. You know, is this, this game at Louisville or at FSU? This game's at FSU. I mean, listen, uh, they, they got a slight chance. They've got. Louisville, forget it. They've got to win this week. I mean, I hate to say it, like, if they're going to salvage their season and get four or five wins, which is almost unheard of right now, this this is one of the wins. they got to pull an upset this weekend, and they got to beat Louisville. they got them at home. They they seem to have played a lot better at home when they played Notre Dame. they got to win this game. they got to win Syracuse. And then the rest of the year, they got to pull one or two more uh, surprises out of their hat. But right now they're looking at two or three wins for a team that came out of that Notre Dame game, that's kind of, that's very upsetting if you're a Florida State fan. Now, you know, go ahead. Go ahead, Demos. You got to say. Well, I was just going to say, I watched the Louisville-UCF game, and that was a heck of a football game. Yeah. And Louisville pulled that out, you know? And we're talking how much we like UCF. Man, if if this game was Louisville, Florida State wouldn't have a chance at all. But because a- it's in Florida State, they got a slim chance. Not a great one, but a slim chance. They got to play great. Because this this quarterback the Louisville has no Lamar Jackson, but he's pretty good. And he, and, he, and Malik Cunningham, he, he tore him. You know they, they had a good day. He had a good day against him last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, uh, he did. Yeah. So Mike Norvell's not in any trouble. Let's let's be honest. I mean, barring an 0 and 12 season, he's not going anywhere. I don't think he's going anywhere if he goes 0 and 12. I I yeah, just I don't. Mean, it's really possible. Yeah, but. This the staff can't stay the way it is, and I mean I don't know if his staff is going to make it through the whole season because somebody's going to have to pay for some of these for these bad performances. That's what happens. You're right. Now my question to you is now, and I mean I see it. You know, you know I was listening to listening to Ken, their offensive coordinator, Kenny Billingham, yesterday mumble something about some sprouts growing 90 feet and planting roots. And I think one thing he said, he just didn't understand why people were so, why, you know, if you're just still mad about the football results and you're angry, I feel sorry for you. And I'm just like, I'm looking at this guy and it's like, okay, he's probably a nice guy. He's probably a good, young, interesting football mind, but he seems really in over his head. Like, that's what he is. It's not a power five mentality. I don't know what kind of mentality that is, but that's not a power five mentality. 
And, and what was one of the quotes, Fish? What did he say? Something about the the things that we see on the teams are the things that teams are showing us on defense is different than what we see on film. How much that dude getting paid, man? Come on. I don't. <laughs> I looked at the uh, Fish. Remember you told me like this is exactly why <laughs> Jimbo Fisher didn't let coaches speak. <laughs> Yeah, I, can you guys hear me? Because I think I'm frozen here. In You're time. frozen, but I can hear you. All right. Yeah, I. you know what? I think these guys got to Florida State, and they thought, you know what? The prior coaching staff didn't know what they were doing, and we'll come in, and we're, we're going to out-coach. We'll, we'll make these guys better because we're great coaches. And I think they underestimated the rebuilding process this was and what it was going to take. And they didn't – I don't know if they took the necessary steps – to get to where they needed to go. This is, we've talked about this. This isn't a very good football team. And what happens is they've been punched in the gut and they've been punched in the face. And they, it's like when, you know, guys used to fight Mike Tyson, everybody had a plan until they got, you know, hit by Tyson. I just don't think these guys know how to react because they've never been in this position. They haven't lost. They haven't lost to this level and they don't have an explanation to why they're so bad. They just don't. They're like, what the heck is going wrong? What, what's going wrong here? So I think that's the bigger issue is that they just don't know what the heck to do. You know, Corey, I don't mean to interrupt, but, you know, everybody talks about Deion Sanders. And I'll say this because I text a quote to Fish earlier this week. He's not ready. He's not this. He's not that. He's not what he's at. All people wanted to see is Dion in a leadership role. They want to see him as a head coach. They want to see him structured and organized and do things and try to do things and get them done. One thing he has, he has a draw and people are drawn to him. And I don't think it's going to take a lot of money to get him there because he already has money. I think it'll be a back-end contract, meaning it'll be loaded in the back-end. And what he'll do is he's a Florida... In order to coach at Florida State, the last two guys that were there had no idea about Florida State. They might have been a fly. They had no idea. They never lived inside that program. They never understood that program. Jimbo Fisher did. He lived inside that program. He understood that program. And it was time for him to take it over. He twisted and wrinkled it the way he wanted to do it his way. And it became his program. When he left, these other guys that came in, they were not Florida State people. They might have thought they were. They might have think they were, but they weren't. Fimo, do you honestly missing, like, Florida me, State guy? Let me ask and you. That's something. why I'm just throwing a name out there. Let me ask you something. Do you really yep. believe after the if they have to move on from Mike Norvell, do you honestly believe Florida State's in the position to take a coach that has very little experience and one at a higher level? Like I, I, I just don't think they have that opportunity. I think they have to go after somebody that's done it before. And and Here's you can tell saying. me. I, you can tell Here's me how great Dion's is. If, if that's thinking. All they want is a CEO of the organization. They never had a CEO. They want to see, can he be a CEO? Can he run an organization? Can he do the right things? Can I'm he speak just, to I'm just media? saying it right now. I don't, I don't well, believe he's going to win at Florida State. I but just this, don't. That, that's all they need there. And then he hires a good staff, and they go out and recruit. And then he gets the recruits coming. He doesn't have to win. He doesn't have to go undefeated at HBCU. He has to go undefeated there. All he has to do is show himself in a leadership role. And that's what he's done. Yeah. And, the, and the people are drawn to him. He doesn't need to be the head coach calling the plays. He just needs to be the CEO of the organization and then get hire good coaches and go recruit. And that's what they need. That's what they desperately need at Florida State. Desperately. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, after if this coach somehow doesn't work out, you're talking almost close to a decade and to roll the dice on just something because some guy was great at Florida State. I just don't believe you know what I think the problem see, I, 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 I don't think I think you're missing my whole point. Yeah, I, I know what I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I, don't care I just if don't know good there. But yeah. he has the draw factor. That's great. It, it, this day and age with kids, all they are social media draw mm -hmm. factor. That's great. Now he, he can recruit, he can run a CEO, he can run the organization, he can do all that. He just hires, has to hire a good staff. And when he does, that place will flourish. I'm telling you, it'll flourish. But it, it is what it is. I uh, know I, I hear what you're saying too, but they're not going to have to pay the guy a shitload of money. They'll have to pay him money. But, 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 but they have to back. I think what's going to happen in college football, these guys are all going to get paid a base salary of $2 million. And then they can make upwards of $10 million if they want. But it's all incentive-based. It's all like a player. It's all incentive-based. That's what I believe is going to happen. Um, well, okay, but right now in the current era, Mike Norvell is a coach. And my feeling is that we're, I mean, he's been there and he, and he hasn't been there long. I'm not going to sit around and say that he's had a long time. He's had less time than Willie Taggart, who basically had no time there. So it's not time that, you know, it's not time to cut court. It's not time to do this. It's not time to do that. But I think we're at a point where we can question the decisions that he made upon entering the program for starters you know when he came in i mean they were sold they were sold on his ability to coach and develop and his ability to attract coaches that can coach and develop like he was sold on having a good staff and the staff so far has been extremely underwhelming extremely underwhelming from the from the from the coordinators down now fish you and i both questioned the idea of bringing there was nobody that he brought in on his staff now he he retained odell hagans and ron dugans but nobody he brought in had ever had a day of experience recruiting in florida i mean yeah. i don't think many of you recruited in georgia listen i and that that now let me finish and that we thought was just that was just in i mean that was that was just in, i mean that's ridiculous that you bring it that you're a school located in the state of florida and you don't have anybody that can recruit in florida that has recruited not can but has recruited in florida you know so, that's why i'm saying Deion sanders but go ahead yeah good luck so i mean so so i mean like let's be honest at the point where he's not going anywhere anytime soon but let's start questioning some of the decisions he made. We well, think, I think this was a massive mistake. I don't know what you think now. I, I told you from the beginning, listen, if you don't recruit somebody from Florida, a, a, a lead recruiter from Florida, like Demo didn't work when he went to USC or uh, Hawaii, you know, Demo had to go recruit, you know, California. I could put Demo in any state, and I believe he'll land kids. I don't care if you put them in Texas, California, New Jersey. They don't have that one ace guy on their staff. You know, every staff has it. You know, Jimbo had it with Coley. Um, you know, every staff has that guy, whether it's T-Rob down at Miami now. Everybody has that one guy that could go into any state or any area no matter what, and they relate to any kid because they're real. And that it doesn't seem like they have that one guy on the staff. They have good individual recruiters in certain areas. I think the guy, you know, the Johnson guy, the running backs coach is very good in Louisiana, but 
he's a, he's a regional guy. He's used to recruiting guys in Louisiana. He hasn't been in Florida. All right. You Florida is a different animal. You have, it does it, it. And it doesn't matter what that guy looks like or what I've seen all different guys come down to Florida, different personalities. I seen one coach come down with freaking uh, cowboy boots and, and has his personality and Demo has his personality. Coley has, it doesn't matter what you are like. If the coaches trust you and they believe in you, you can recruit in this state. And sometimes what happened was he brought so many guys on that are probably pretty good recruiters in their areas, but with having no ties to Florida, he made it more difficult than he did. If he had brought a couple guys in, all right, that were able to hit the ground running from day one, I think he would have been a lot further ahead. And then fish, all of a fish. sudden COVID happens and all these other things, they, they got behind the eight ball and they've never recovered from that. Fish, players talk. Players that are currently playing there talk. Players that are going to be coming there next year maybe talk. Players in the future that they need to recruit talk. They all talk and they all say it ain't happening. Or they Dima, all say, Dima, let me, ask, let me ask you and one question. Have, the, the, the last thing I want to say, and I'll, I'll let you answer the question. When they fired Clay Hilton at USC, all the AD, all he ever said was, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Nice guys ain't winning it. Yeah. When I was at Florida State, like I said, Norville had the music playing. He was structured. He was organized. There was enthusiasm. There was all that. But I just, I like him, but I just felt there's not the it factor there. Dion has the it factor. It could be completely wrong. It could be completely crazy, but he has the it factor. And that's what kids want. Dude, but are you anyway, Dion's ahead, agent? Are you Dion's agent? Honestly. No, Dion's but I should be. But, but I love oh my God. I always love right. that guy. But let me ask you a question. Let me ask you something. Coach with it, but go ahead. Dima, let me ask you a question. One question yes. here. If if Brandon Jennings was getting recruited by Chris Demarest, would he assign with Maryland or would he assign with Florida State? I know his father. Okay, right. and that goes a long way. But anyway, I would have been I would have been known in his dad, even if I didn't know his dad, I would have found a way to know his dad. That's what right. you got to do to get the great players. You well, got to grind and grind and grind and grind. He ain't going to Maryland. He right. was in Florida. I think he was in Jacksonville. Yeah. He's coming. He's going to go right past yeah. Gatorville. He's yeah. going to come to Tallahassee. And, and they're simple. And their linebackers are the worst position on their defense. That kid would yep. start right now and be the no best doubt. player in their at their linebackers. And, and not only that, when I spoke to him, he has another son that's younger. I'd be all over that kid right now. And he's telling me he's probably the best of all of them. And he's only a ninth or tenth grader or something like that, he was telling me. So that, that, that's how you recruit. All right? That's how you go after people. And like I said, people talk. My son would play for this guy. My son, but because they know it. They know what they're going to get treated like. They know they're going to be pushed hard. They know they're going to be taken care of. And you know they're going to look out for the goodness of the well-being of their son. But their son, if steps out of line, you're going to chew your rear end out. That's what they want because they know it worked for them. And when they don't see it or they don't see it, they're like company men and yes men and go along and get along men. They're not going to last. They still want the old kind of guy like that that's going to play. And that's what Saban is. That's what really Dabo and his defensive coordinator is. The players love him, but they chew him out. And that's what they want. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. I'm telling you, because it's crushing me that they're 0-3. It's killing me. But you know what? They're 0-3. Um, you know, be and, and we'll continue on with this uh this 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 pleasant line, <laughs> line of conversation. Beyond 
the coaching staff, which, you know, again, it's not how good a coaches they are. Like I, I, I think often coaching staffs and you can, you can attest to this demo was never, they're all individually probably very good coaches and very deserving, but how they come together, how they mesh together, how they're able to basically be a group of minds that can think as one is going to depend on your success level and how and how good the guy is at the top that can get them that can help them you know develop that sort of chemistry now going beyond that i you know and like fish brought up the culture hey you got these culture issues they got this and you know they need to do this and you got these guys like danny cannell said they got too many guys with loser mentalities one of their big transfers this offseason was a wide receiver from kansas Kansas hadn't won a game since 2019. One of the other big transfers was a cornerback from Arkansas. Has he gotten from a Kansas snap? still ain't won a game. Yeah, has he gotten a snap yet, Fish? You know, who? Uh, Freaking Andrew <laughs> Parcher. Andrew Parcher. Is that his name? Jared, nah, he, he hasn't played at all. Listen. He, he, These are wasted scholarships. They, they have a, they have a loser mentality a because they keep losing. Like if they yeah. had won the Notre Dame game, would everybody have finally said, oh, the, 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 the culture is great? All right, say they beat Notre Dame, but they came back and lost the next two games. What would happen? Terrible. What? Their, what terrible. their culture would was changed from no. one game to that. The culture is not the problem there. The lack of talent is. They're Listen, not I talented. Told you before, when, the, the night of that Florida State game, they had a chance to win. It was magical. Everything was set up for them to have a great game and win. They didn't do it, but it was a moral victory, yada, yada, yada. But they'll never have another night like that. They ain't gonna, They have to rise to the occasion and go play these other schools. They don't have the ability to do it. Hey, if, my, if my son's baseball team loses four to three on, on Thursday, can I just say it's a moral victory? I'm so tired yeah, of exactly. moral victories, man. Crazy. I thought we were – I didn't know they were giving out trophies for 0-3. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. Yeah. You know, and I feel bad for the guy because – the guy obviously wants to win, right? It's not yeah. his fault. He wants to win. He doesn't want to lose. He doesn't want to be 0 3. He's trying everything possible to be 3 0, but he's 0 3. So no, basically, but he's you. running the show. He's getting yeah. paid the money. He's hiring the staff. He's putting the trainers together. He's putting the weight room together. Tima. Tima, so, I don't feel sorry for any of the. If he gets fired tomorrow, he's walking away with like 17 million. All right. I don't. <laughs> Like, like I have one coach and I'm not going to name who it was, but he got fired from a power five school. And I called the coach. He was at the coaching convention. I said, Hey coach, you all right. He goes, fish. They just wrote a check for me to, for 2 million to fire me. He goes, you think I'm upset? I said, I I know, I guess not. But that's what I'm saying. All these coaches should make 2 million flat salary. You want to go to national championship like Nick Saban? You have a chance to make close up to ten million dollars, but it's all in center oh, base. That's, this- yeah, that's how it should be, but it's gotten so it's out not, of whack right, I know. because we, I know. you know that's how the business is now. I know, and agents are involved, and you hire you hire my guy's the head coach, and he can hire three assistants, and they're all. But it's not the old days, man. Hey, Dima, we know you're worth a million a year at least. All right, at least on. two, at least two, not even as a head coach either. No, <laughs> <laughs> again. So, you know, we, we've talked about there's some there. I had, you know, we had some concerns about the staff again, not as coaches, but the fact that they none of them had any recruiting history in Florida. I, you know, my concerns about the personnel that he's brought in through the transfer portal are much, much more serious because, you know, and don't get me wrong. Some of the kinds of worked out. Obviously, Jermaine Johnson is solid. Obviously, Fabian Lovett's very good. 
Um, you know, Keir Thomas has played well. Jay Sean Corbett. There's some guys. There's some guys that have that have come in there and performed. But there are other guys that, they, like, I mean, look at Fish, and we talked about it, that, I mean, they are their scholarship is just be like Jared Jackson is 6'6", 315, and he's so far down on the depth. Well, but, but to me is – I don't think it's part of Tallahassee, Leon Community all right, all right, but this is where I have a problem, and I projected him as an offensive lineman coming out of college. Why not try it? You have nobody else on that old I line. He's 6'6", 330. I guarantee you he's big and athletic. Move him over to the offense. Maybe he could do something because he's wasting away on the D-line. So, Well, Corey, you're exactly right. You send me into Polk County. I've been there a million times. I know exactly what kind of player I'm looking for and exactly what kind of player I'm getting. You go a little bit over in Orlando, I know exactly what I'm looking for and exactly what kind of player I'm going to get. You go down to the Space Coast, same thing. You go down to Fort Myers, Sarasota, Tampa. I know the same thing. St. Petersburg. I've been there. You go all the way down to Naples. Then you take Alligator Alley. You've been over to Fort Lauderdale. Been to what? I know exactly what I'm looking for. Exactly the kind of player I'm going to get. I know what I'm going to get. These guys have no idea. They Corey. think if somebody says that kid's a good player. Oh, he must be a good player. Well, we'll sell. Man, you got to you got to do your homework. Corey, I'm gonna interrupt you mo for a second. All go right. Ahead. I know two names, and Dion ain't on this list. All right. That would change Florida State tomorrow. And I guarantee I drop the numbers tomorrow and they hire these two people. Trust me, things would change real quickly. I already said Demo knows who I'm I Demo knows who I'm talking about. All right, man. Let's go. Say your names. I said my names. My name. I didn't say my name. I just said I know two people. I did. I had I had to I had to go Nads and say my name. You say your name. Names. My Nads haven't dropped yet, but we're good. I know they haven't. (laughs) You know, you know, but the idea, again, we're talking about rebuilding. We're talking about a rebuild. We're talking about the, has the decisions he's made up to this point made this rebuild harder than it needed to be. It wasn't easy, obviously, but I'm going to sit there and say it's a little easier than the situation that Willie Taggart was held with. Didn't have the APR problems for sure, which hamstring you in a million ways. I mean, the, 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 the rebuild's not going to be hard if A.J. Duffy is who he's supposed to be. Like, we talked about it. If you get that quarterback, that changes your program really quickly. Because well, again, all of us – Again, we're talking about up to this point. Because we're, uh, we're a year and a this half. This year's to. done. This year's done. I mean, okay. let's be realistic. So, I, I, I think right – final nine games to continue your rebuild's gotta go in a certain direction I, rebuild. I, I think you're going in you're going in and finding out who wants to play at florida state and who doesn't at this point and the guys that don't want to be there you're gonna to have to push them out and and listen the ncaa is gonna allow these schools to have their 25 plus seven or whatever it is eight you're gonna be able to bring in 30 something players this off season that's a quick way to rebuild your football team. If you go in and you bring in some good football players, you could change right, let me say this everything really quickly. Yeah. Florida state doesn't need a coach. They need a figurehead. They had Willie Taggart. You guys, everybody, oh, he's a great coach. He's a great, didn't get it done. They got Mike Norvell. He's a nice guy. Great guy. Organized structure. He ain't getting it done. They don't need another coach. They need a figurehead. They need a guy that's going to draw. And it's Deion Sanders. My opinion. He hires a great staff. And they go out and recruit Florida like you've never seen before. And all these kids just start coming to Florida State. Because we've all said it many times before. It's not the coaching, although it is in certain games. The majority of it is you have the great players, you win. Period. Period. 
I don't think we're going to win this argument. I, 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 could, I could see the Dion thing in the ERA. Good luck. I understand where he's coming from. I'm, you know, I'm trying to. I'm trying to live in the the real world. Though. I'm trying to live in what's actually happening right now. Right, that's not right, happening right now. Um, you know, and it's like, all right, so fish. You say you're getting, you got a possibility to have 30, 35 scholarships. Now we look at FSU's class. We know the top quarter of that class. You know, Travis Hunter, Sam McCall, a, you know, Duffy, a few other people, a few other players. We love them. You know, the class isn't as the class isn't as eye popping once you get past those first couple of names. So now you're telling me to add 13 more names on top of that group. I, I just yeah. think that there's so many good players in the state of Florida. We talked about it. All right. But the, can they come back on Glover? I mean, you know, the kid, can they come back on a kid like that and maybe pull him at the end because he has a shot to go start next year. Like they got to improve that roster. You have to, I don't care if the guy is a slight improvement, as long as he's better than what's already there, they have to improve that roster. And the only way they're going to do that is with numbers. They got to flush a lot of these kids out. All right. Hey, they took a lot of grad transfers. Some of them have two, three years and they haven't seen the field this year. Bye-bye. You got to tell them bye-bye. It's, 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 it's the, they, these kids want to all jump in the portal when things don't go right for them. They're going to have to utilize the portal themselves by putting some of these kids in there. Demos talked about it. The only way they're going to get that roster better is they got to bring in better talent and more kids and quickly. They're not going to do it by sitting and waiting and, and, and waiting this process out. These kids that are on the roster, a lot of them will never get it done. Well, I'll say this. When Coach Bowden pulled up in the car, wherever he was, people were waiting. They wanted to take pictures with him. They loved him. When Willie Tiger did that, when Mike Norville does that, they're not really waiting for him. If Deion Sanders pulled up in the car at Florida State, there'll be people waiting there to take pictures with him and loving him up. Team, half, the half these kids don't know who Deion is. Half these kids don't know who Deion is. Bull crap. Bull crap. They all know who he is. They all know who he is. Trust me. He's from sure. Florida. He's from Fort Myers. They all know who he is. He was in the NFL. He's a two-way player. He played with a lot of swag. They know who he is. Trust me. They know who Ed Reed is, too. They know who uh, all these guys are that played for Florida. Florida kids know who Florida is. Yeah, it's kids really are. helping Miami that Ed Reed's there. Well, I told you before, I don't think he – whatever. I'm not saying it. I, I'm just saying it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, he ain't the head coach is all. That's all I'm saying. I ain't hiring Dion in a role on my staff to take notes and tell the head coach the notes. I'm hiring Dion to be the man, the figurehead, to go out and recruit and make it happen. That's what I'm hiring him at. Not to take notes, be a consultant and tell the head coach, oh, by the way, uh, I think we should do this. And I have, okay, thank you. Come on, Corey, man. Corey, he's already made up his mind. It's all good. It's done. I, because if I'm a five-star kid, whatever state I'm in, and they say Florida State just hired Dion, I'd have to take a look. Whether I go there or not, I'd have to take a look. Just telling you. All right. Again, final question, really. We'll, we'll let this go. We'll close up for the night. So, you know, you say give Mike Norvell time, let him be, rebuild, let him let him get this roster, let him get more some more recruiting classes in. Can this guy, can he end up being what Ron Zook was for Florida? And what Ron Zook did was he didn't win, but he put together quite a nice roster for Urban Meyer to come in and capitalize on pretty quickly. Can does does Norvell, can he kind of be that Ron Zook type of guy? We'll find out this year because this class is going to determine it all. So, Well, I'll say this, you know, and 
I have if this, class, if this class doesn't hold together, and I, I have no reason to think it won't. I think it's going to stick. But if this class doesn't hold together, fish does it. I mean, is that change? Does that change? I mean, I, like again, I think I, I just won't. I just don't think you can fire a second coach. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, does it change the idea that he can even rebuild it? He, pr I, I, I mean, the odds are stacked against him. I mean, we already know that, but they were stacked against him when he took the job. It's not like I, he's been there a little over a year. It's not like anything. We talked about it when he got hired, that it was going to be a hard deal. Now, I, I just, it's, it's a tough place for somebody that hasn't been to that level before. We've seen it at too many programs. I, I, I still say this. You have to be from Florida State to coach at Florida State. That's just my opinion. Jimbo when wasn't was from that, Florida State. He never. But he coached. was inside the program. Fish. He was. He was under Coach Bowden. He'd been inside the system for a while before he became a head coach. Yeah. He was in the program. He saw what was going on. He knew the changes that had to be made. He knew what he had to do, and he did it. Something, Coach, because now we're just we're spitballing a little bit. Yep. So when Willie Taggart is fired, and they and Odell is um, and he and he's named the interim coach. Would you have just kept Odell on and just tried to build a staff around him and figure that he as a steward. He kind of he understood the players that had come through the program. He understood how they win won championships. Obviously, he you know takes a great amount of inspiration from Coach Bowden and Mickey Andrews. So you know, would you have went that route instead of trying to look for another guy? The answer is no. I love Odell. He's like a brother to me. We hung out when I was coaching at Florida State. We were best friends. We're still best friends. I saw him down there. It was like I never left him. He's one of my top guys. He will always have a job there. He's the man, but he's not the it guy. The it guy, I would, I'm just telling you, I know what I know, what I know. I would go after one guy and just say, listen, it will be incentive-based. You're a player. You know what incentive-based are. I'll be like, hey, I got no problem. I'll win a national championship here. If you do, then your salary will go up to this. If not, just stay in here. Dion say, I'll take the job in two seconds. And that's what will happen. And my whole point is, my whole point is with social media these days and the kids, they know who Deion Sanders is. What do you think he's doing right now at the HBCUs? He's making a name for himself. He's out there. He's handling the media. Well, he was on the Stephen A. Smith show. He's been on all the shows. And, and he's only an HBCU I, I, coach. I'll agree, with you. I'll agree with you in one area, coach. Yep. That, you know, in my time at ESPN, you know, Deion was at all the big Under Armour camps. He was a coach. Sure. So he kept – he kept his ear to the ground with the top. Kids. He does. He and does. Did he? Did he had, you know, with, with then he then he then he had his own school in Texas. Like he's kept it and having his own sons go through the process. You, you, you got it, Corey. That's what it is. Definitely yep. kept his ear on the ground when it comes to the high school kids and recruiting and being around that culture and around that and around that whole environment. So I, I will agree with you there, Fish. I'm gonna give you the same question. Really, 2019, they fired Taggart. Would they have been better off promoting Odell Higgins and building a strong staff around him and letting him kind of steward the program rather than going in another whole different direction? I told you at the time, I thought that yeah, I, I was, I'm a huge Kendall Bryles fan. I thought Kendall should have been named the coach. You, you want to talk about, he wouldn't ask for a whole lot, especially with what he's gone through in his coaching career. I think he could have got him for a million and a half, two million. He could have at least guided you to the through the next two years because he was already recruiting at a high level. I think he would have got you through the next two years. And at worst case scenario, you talk about a Ron Zook. I think he would have stacked the roster and made the team where other coaches would want the job. I thought Bryles was a guy. You keep him on board. 
he had already he he improved the offense in the one year he was there he has proven himself at every stop I think he's going to be a future head coach and I thought Florida State had that guy on their staff and they let him go I would not have gone after a coach outside the program unless you could have just gotten a big name coach just because the this thing you they got rid of a guy after a year and a half if you were going to go that route you needed somebody that was already going to keep the same thing going and moving it forward. They basically stopped it and had to go and start back over from scratch. And we've seen the results. It's not positive. Well, first of all, me and Odell used to go to Ma Mary's over by FAMU and eat lunch, breakfast all the time. The best breakfast in the world. But anyway, that's besides the point. The other thing is it does make sense to keep Royals because he was inside the program and he does see what was going on and see the changes that need to be made. I'll make one last point. Willie's last year, I went to NC State to watch Florida State play at NC State. I went there to watch it, okay? And the NC State players were intimidating the Florida State players, talking trash to them. The Florida State players, it was the worst thing I've ever seen. That would have been his first year. First year, but it was over. I said, this is over. This will never be fixed again. NC State will continue to dominate Florida State because they believed it. And I just said, this will never happen. the, The second year, Florida State kicked their ass, though. You know, they maybe did, but 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 with yeah. that word, it was the worst I've ever seen. And I was talking to Mickey Andrews, Odell, Mario Edwards, Bob Lostavita before the game. And I said, oh, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. And here's the other thing. Here's the last thing I'll say, and then we can move on. When I was down for Coach Bowden's funeral, and I had the opportunity to coach with Chuck Amata at Florida State, and it was nice enough to take me to NC State. And I went there with him and coached, okay? He stood up on a chair, and he said some things in the varsity club that were very good. And then he pointed out to the field and he said, the only place that matters is what happens out there. And he's right. They're 0-3. If they were 3-0, and nothing else matters. If they're 0-3, it all matters. So he was right. And that's what's happening right now. So they need somebody in there as a figurehead to go around and make things happen. Not as a coach, but as a figurehead. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Fish, does this staff at FSU, and not not Norvell, but do members of the staff survive past Halloween? No. Coach Dean. I think, I think Norvell might, because of the reasons we talked about, maybe, but he has to get rid of some people, and that's what's going to happen. The axe is going to fall, and unfortunately it falls on people that are below you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, hey, this was a very this got this turned out to be a hell of a spirited conversation. <laughs> um, first, uh, you know, before we go on any last words, first of all, props to my alma mater, Lake Gibson High School, for beating Lakeland High. 30- Raise the roof. Raise the roof, baby. That's right. Go Braves. Braves over everything. First victory over Lakeland High at home in the regular season. So that was cool to be part of that. Cool to see that one. I was really. Fine. Congratulations to their head coach, Keith Bearfield. And Jalen Glover, who Fisher talked about, ran for – I had him for 307 and five touchdowns. Max Preps had him for 285 and five touchdowns. We'll split it down the middle and say he ran for 296 and five touchdowns. Either way, that's a pretty good night. Um, Fish, did you go catch anything, anything catch up with you in high school this past week? No, I mean, you know, I've been watching a lot of these games and – yeah, there's nothing that stood out yet. Uh, I still think it's too early in the season. Um, you know, there's there's a few teams here and there. You know, it's the same team, St. Thomas, American Heritage, Chaminade, that are doing their thing. And um, 
I think at the end of the year, it's going to be <laughs> those same teams those that are winning, <laughs> winning the state championships. Who's so. good up? In, is it is it still the is it still the uh, Catholic schools up in Jersey, Coach? I guess. All yeah. I say is this: you have to love the recruit, and you have to love to recruit Florida. You have to love it. You can't like it. You can't talk about it. You have to love the recruit, the kids from Florida, and they'll be successful. But up here, I don't know, Coach. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, any any final thoughts before we close this one out for the week? Uh, I think I think we I think Dima, I think I know what you want to say. So just go give give me your final Dion spiel if you want to. Hey, I'll say this: the guy's from Florida. He oh. loves Florida. He's Fort Myers. They love him. The people love him. The kids love him. He'll do a great job. And you have to love the kids. Doesn't mean you can't go to Alabama and Georgia and and New Orleans and whatever. But you have to love the kids from Florida. Love them so much, you'll recruit them no matter what. And I think that's what they're missing right now at FSU. Fish, what are your final thoughts on this week? Ah, uh, there's nothing left to say, man. It's uh, let's just let's go. Let's 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 see them beat Louisville, man. So we have something positive to talk about next week. All right, all right. that's a tall order, fish. It's a tall order. Yeah, they're at home, man. They need one. Let's. There's always beautiful, for it, but it's a tall order. Hey, there's always upsets in college football. Every every week, half the team. Every week, there'll be half the teams are going to win, half the teams are going to lose. Exactly. Bobby said that once. All right. That was usually when he was on the losing end. Unfortunately, (laughs) he didn't lose that much though. Didn't lose that much though. Um, All right. Uh, You can find the fish. You can find the fish cast on Twitter at the Fish Podcast. We are part of F and F Coaches Podcast Network. Uh, Justin Otto is our producer. Thanks to everybody over at FNF Coaches, Nicole Cooper, Craig Baroncelli, Josh Mall, all for helping us get um, – we're, we're distributed now everywhere. We were a little concerned. I could say we're, we're available on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, someplace called Stitcher, Pandora. Like, seriously, Google the FishCast now, and you'll see we're available in about 35 countries. So everybody can hear us now. Thank you all for listening. Our, our numbers look great. Um, that we're able to track them. Uh, please continue to give us five-star reviews wherever you listen to the FishCast at. We, we really appreciate that, and that helps. Uh, I don't know how it helps us, but it helps us somehow. So we'll figure that out one day. And, you know, continue to listen to this space. We've got plenty more to come. We'll be getting some coaches in here soon. We'll be talking a little bit more, more, more recruiting-specific stuff on the side. And uh, I just thank you all for listening. Yeah, everybody, everybody wants to have fun. You know how you have fun? You win. If you lose, it ain't no fun. No doubt. Good night, all. Good night. Stay tuned. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.